This is Healing in Him, podcast number three, audio transcribing chapter three book <laughs> of Sarah's ramblings, but I feel like this is going to be the best one because this is probably going to get anointed and I'm going to act like I'm preaching to the congregation. <laughs> this is my fiery moment. <laughs> chapter three. Chapter one was my background testimony. We're recording these podcasts. Because I have someone transcribing it to make it into a book, and I do best by just talking. So anybody who wants to know what this is. This is going to be, the first one's going to be the background testimony, family line, crazy illness, suffering, how healing was released, then dealing with deliverance versus a perfected healing, what are the root causes, what goes in behind some of um, what we physically have happened with sickness, pain, suffering, how does inner healing have to do with it, what are we looking at with these different theologies? This is going to be chapter three, debunking healing theology. Waited my whole life. <laughs> I'm about to nail some stuff. And I'm just going to say it like it is. And I'm, uh, I want this to be heard in truth because there is certain truth in these theologies. It is, or I would say these doctrines under this denomination. But what happens is, They've gone, um, they've gone too far, and for people lacking intimacy with God, understanding Scripture with wisdom, and having friendship with God, they are now taking these theologies and thinking they can manipulate who God is without understanding that's what they're doing because they've wrapped Scripture around it. And this, I want this to bring freedom to people, first of all, have taken in these doctrines and believe them and have taken them and twisted them a little bit and how it will cause legalism inside you. It will cause works. It removes God's grace. It will twist your view of his character. So right now I'm going to explain what, what this doctrine can do to you. Then I'm going to explain what the doctrine is. I'm going to give you the scriptures behind it and then explain to you how this becomes witchcraft. And the previous podcast I go into that I that I say how this is happening a little bit more, but it's probably going to come out even, even more in this one. So these theologies can put bondages on the mind, first of all. It can open you up to demonic spirits of manipulation and witchcraft. This is, this is what it can do. It can keep you from revelation of what true healing looks like. And it can lead you to a minister over God. And that's the main, and that's one of the biggest things that I believe these theologies are doing because they're taught that that person with the healing ministry is releasing something over you through their faith. And now your faith has to receive it to hold on to it. So where are we going to find truth in this? And where are we going to find out that it's it's gone off the deep end? Okay. I'm not going to give, I'm going to give a Roman scripture at some point in how I'm going to argue some of this. Now, this theology is hardcore in the word of faith theology. And that's a denomination, and I'm cons I talked about reformed. I was reformed 
raised a Reformed Baptist pastor's daughter. When I was escaping the state to hide out from the guy who was stalking me in my 20s, I went to a Word of Faith Bible school. Now, God took me to this Bible school 100%. God's hand was on it. I got crazy healing and deliverance there. I learned so much. And that's why I want to explain. I am not telling you this is a heretical. I'm not. No. Hear me clearly. I'm going to explain to you how certain things get twisted and how we receive the doctrine. First of all. And there's some twisting in certain teachers that have turned it into witchcraft. And their gift of healing is demonized. And I know which ones it is. And it's going to come out. I know exactly which ones it is. They have possession on them. Um, and you may think I'm a nut. Just wait. Wait for the next 10 years and they're going to get exposed which ones they are. So um, so that's what I want to explain. I am not putting down the actual denomination. What I'm putting down is how we've twisted doctrine. The doctrine that, they've, that they that have been taught. And how it's been twisted through over the years. Um this denomination would have come out of it would be called i think it's the second wave charismatics i am not a hundred percent when i say first second and third wave charismatics that's based on revivals charismatic revivals pentecostal revivals that happened in the 1800s and different denominations broke off of it so amy simple mcpherson 1920 you have the full gospel denomination Foursquare Church came out of that. Out of that came word of faith, theology. And this is what's so interesting is that we have these different doctrines or theologies that actually kind of came out of these different. I mean, before that, you're going to have the revivals were, were different, not as charismatic before that. You had the Reformation type revivals and those taking place 16, 1700s, 1800s, then you have these charismatic things that happen more 1900s. So this is going to be a theology that started to, to go really hardcore with faith. Really, really hardcore with faith. People who lump in all the teachers, and I don't know if this is going to be something in, 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 in the book as much as me explaining this, you know? Right. So they're lumping in all these all these teachers in one because they called all the prosperity mess and put them in. they have no idea there's so much different doctrines that some are in you can't put bethel in the word of faith and people do that you can't put someone who's word of faith which would be kenneth copeland would be word of faith Ooh, god let me say that he would be considered word of faith bethel is not word of faith they're not teaching this crazy thing with faith and that's what people don't understand and they don't understand it because they've heard one person's this is a her heretical teaching because they heard this thing and lump them you're clueless to the doctrines behind these people just because you're a reformed theologian or someone in the conservative church you're a cessationist and you heard random things that you try to nail you're so clueless to to the full and then there's other ones that do know the prosperity teachings and have would debunk it in a book and i know these guys they're more reformed guys but honestly they're doing that out of a spirit because they never walked in the healing concept behind this and the truth you can find before it went off kilter with some of some of these teachers is what it is and we're going to see see this happen and 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 that's what i think there's a lack of 
like full knowledge to those things and the ones that think they do have it, they don't lack any experience. So you don't have it. I got experience in this. I got tons of deliverance and healing under this doctrine. Um, and so I 100% am not ag against it. I'm against how it, it can go off kilter and how people have received it in legalism and lack of grace and how the teachers have taken control by what it gave them. And that's what I'm going to break down and expose. Okay. So the main scripture that is used behind this is going to be Mark. Mark 11, 22. Then Jesus said to the disciples, have faith in God. And I tell you the truth. You can say to this mountain, may you be lifted up and thrown into the sea and it will happen. But you must really believe it will happen and have no doubt in your heart. I tell you, you can pray for anything. And if you believe you've received this, it will be yours. But when you're praying, first forgive anyone you're holding a grudge to. Father in heaven will forgive your sins to you. What's funny is that a lot of the time they, they leave 25 out. Just FYI in this teaching. So you're mainly going to hear 22, 24. The ones that go hardcore after this, you will hear 50% of their messages is this scripture. This is how crazy this has gotten. Um, that we've taken this one scripture and created this whole theology that it is your faith that will move God. It is your faith that will move these things in your life. And it gets focus, 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 focus. And then everyone's obsessed on this one thing. And, and people hear me clearly who've been under this teaching. I was under it. I was a part of it. I was part of it. I went, I graduated twice from this school. God took me through it. I was supposed to be a part of it. I learned so much from it. It is the idea that we obsess on one thing in scripture without the fullness of Christ in it. This is what needs to be shifted in people. And somebody may say to me, well, you obsess on on the um, the demonic and I would say I used to if you understand now that what I'm doing is I'm carrying a fullness of God himself that the enemy has stolen from the church and this has to be exposed because nobody is going after it in the way that needs to be done because there's so much deception in these things and um, in some ways sometimes you have to be nailed in an area harder to pull you out of it. Let me explain that. So I actually, God took me to a school like this because it was the absolute opposite doctrine I was raised in and to pull me out of some of that, that it went in the deep end that God doesn't heal. I had to go to the other side that was legalistic in the healing and it brings balance. And that's what people, you don't, you don't understand how God can use things that he will actually pull you out of one gutter, pull you into another gutter, so you're no longer in gutters. So when I was in a Word of Faith Bible school, because there was so much legalism that can then was put on me then that I needed to have faith to get healed, and I clearly didn't have it if I wasn't healed, God then takes me to a church that was actually completely against their theology, but was grace, grace, grace. And if anyone knows what I'm referring to, the, go the gospel of grace... Um, the grace teaching came out hardcore 2013 or 12 and there were there's been preachers under that would be considered joseph prince um there's a few other ones that were hardcore grace 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 and that's all they taught um and it was called something And my bible school actually saw how what was happening and they started teaching a class as how this was now wrong 
teaching grace, 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 and you're leading people into sin. So it's so funny. What you have are all these different denominations go into one thing hardcore to hit the other thing that probably hurt them, harm them, or they're against. So that's what you have happening. So you had people in the that were preaching grace, grace, grace. There's other ministers that were, I mean, it got really big, especially in the Bible Belt, like where I was at, Oklahoma, that hardcore were going against the legalism and faith by overly teaching grace. And what was crazy is I had to come under that teaching too. So I have background Reformed theology, Bible school, the opposite word of faith, and then a, a school that was against all of it and was, or sorry, a church in grace, 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 compensating on literally all of those things taught me so much about balance, so much about balance and how we can fall into a ditch, um, a ditch over here. And you know what? God uses all of these things and he's using mine as spiritual warfare to help pull all these people out of these ditches. Because if this isn't exposed on how we have enemies in all these lands, deceiving behind certain doctrines that are getting twisted so we can bring in first of all uniting churches and denominations that the reform don't call the charismatic heretics right how do we bring like their their th this is what i believe god is going to use me to do is to bridge denominations and doctrines to make sense of what is this over here how do i pull from this and how do i get it so and I'm just going to deal with some of this stuff in, in the Word of Faith theology. This is the main scripture that is that is hardcore gone after. And here's, so, um, Word of Faith came from Kenneth Hagin, who died. I don't he died, he had to die in, I don't know, 1990, 2000. And uh, his son took over the Bible school. So, Kenneth Hagin, he was, um, I don't think it's legalistic with it, to be quite honest. I think that his healing experience, he was healed as a young boy of a, like a deadly disease. And it led him into the teaching of like his faith and what it did for him. I think that later, the denomination, they've gone too far with some of the stuff. That's just what I'm going to say. Some of it just started to get, the, the, the students have taken it weird, got twisted on it. It just is what it is. I did it. Um, it's normal. Because when you're you're growing in things of God, there's so much wisdom in it that it just happens for everyone. It really does every single person, and so there's grace. There's grace on it. Um. So he was the main one that started this. Then you then you had tons of people branch out of it. Tons of them. I mean, the the preachers that came out and and they're specifically in in this um this line. So you're gonna have that. This is the one they're they're gonna go hard hardcore on. Um having enough faith so you need to know that you're already healed you need to this is i'm telling you what what this teaching what the what the teaching is that you need to already know that you're healed and believe it in your heart that jesus already did it so you you don't have any pain and suffering that is who you are if you don't live in it it's a lack of your knowledge of the word of god and it's a lack of your faith in believing what what jesus already did so the main thing they're going to use is Isaiah 53. Here's another thing. Man, taken just for what the word says and never gone into the power of suffering. And, you know, it just it just gets off kilter. So it's important when it comes to believing Jesus heals. It's just to believe he does it. It's so simple. 
It is so simple. I do not need to wrap up in you that Jesus healed everyone in the Gospels. It's his will to heal you and force that on you. It's a heart choice that you just believe he can do it. That's it. Dead and done. We're done. That's it. Do you believe he can do that? Yes. Thank you. That's all I need to get you there. That's it. I don't need to sit there and tell you, you got to confess this and confess this and confess this and believe it. No. Do you submit your heart? Will you believe that he does it? I'm done. We're done. Your faith is there. You are not to work your faith out by your mouth and 20 million things. Your mouth is for your heart between you and God. Your heart, ex your mouth exposes your heart. That's it. So your heart, that's it. It's not what you you're going to do and create with, with scripture over and over and over again. It's just exposing what's in your heart through your mouth. What is it? What is the scriptures that Proverbs like your, your mouth is a, ah, dang it. No, that's, that's Hebrews 412. It's the one where. Like exposes the fruit of your, it's uh, your mouth basically exposes the things in your heart. No, it defiles. Will you Google that while I'm talking? I really want to see it. Isn't it the, is it the mouth that, or is the heart that defiles you? Is that the one you're talking yes, about? Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's in the Gospels. So yeah. Google it and just see. I feel like there's a, there's a, maybe I'm thinking. It's in Matthew. Um, out of the mouth. The things, yeah, that come out of the person's mouth come from the heart, and yeah. these things defile them. Okay, but say it out loud. Okay, Read that again. Matthew 15, 18. But the things that come out of a person's mouth come from the heart, and these defile them. Um, let me see. There are a couple different translations. Let me see. Yeah, okay. So, people need to hear that scripture. Because they've been sitting here thinking that your mouth is going to create these things in the earth that God's going to move on when actually your mouth is going to expose your heart. So do you believe he heals? That's it. Do you believe he heals? Do you believe he can heal you? Yes. Um, and so I'm like, I, it, that we are turning in that just one scripture because we aren't even focused on the fact that it says this in Isaiah, but then in Romans 8, it's saying that you would suffer with Jesus to be glorified with him. So why are we so against any suffering and want to claim that's a theology God put that on you? I am not saying it is God's will to put sickness on you. I am telling you that we live in a world that is a sin nature and there is sin and to just focus on that you have to see yourself healed to manifest it is a load of crap. It is an impossible, that is manipulation to the spirit of God. How do we see God in truth if we think that we can control him through our personal idea that it's already said and done? What's already said and done is the promise on your life that you are his child and you are promised things in heaven when you give your life to him. That's what's said and done here on earth. Everyone is going to walk through a different thing and a different journey to understand who God is in this and to get our minds so just focused on this, 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 to get this, this, this from God, you're missing God as a friend in what you're walking through. And so here's, here's my point. This teaching had power in it. If it doesn't go too far, that's it. I'm not knocking the entire teaching or the scripture because there's power in these scriptures. I am knocking the obsessiveness that comes. So let me go 
to Isaiah 53. Everyone knows. By his stripes you're healed. By his stripes you're healed. By his stripes you're healed. Do you know how many times I claim that over myself? Couldn't figure out why I wouldn't be healed. So it's then my fault of not having revelation of who I am if I get a cold. Man, I've heard those teachers say that. I've never gone to the doctors. I don't go to the doctors. I've never had a cold. Oh, gosh. Seriously, please stop. Please stop. Stop putting that on people. Stop putting that on people. You have no idea how you're binding their minds because you think you've never had the sickness and pain. So you then, uh, you your theology's done that for you? Stop. I, it's, it's not okay anymore. The, we've got to shift this idea of faith getting us these riches. Yeah, I have a jet plane and this because I'm so wealthy because God wants me wealthy. Okay, you can prove in the New Testament that the kings who followed God wholeheartedly were wealthy. What came in for them to lose their wealth? Pride. Like pride. You're full of pride. You still have your wealth. I have a question about your wealth at that point. And you're using that as a sign of God's favor when you're full of pride in how you talk about it. People know the, there's a preacher that does this like crazy. It's so gross. There's certain ones that want to talk about how much money you can get if you believe in faith. I mean, the prosperity is going to, the prosperity message is going to kill, kill, it will kill people's soul. And it's almost like chapter four is kind of coming out, but I'm going to go deeper into it. I want, let me stay, let me stay. And maybe this needs to be hammered because people need to understand this. Let me stay just on the theology of this. Okay. Would be Isaiah 53 is another one that you're told if you have sickness, you have to stand on this. Okay. Yet it was of your, it was our weaknesses. He carried it. Wait. Yet it was our weaknesses. He carried. It was our sorrows that weighed him down. We thought his troubles were a punishment from God, a punishment for his own sins. But he was pierced for our rebellion, crushed for our sins. He was beaten so we would be whole. He was whipped so we could be healed. All right. This is Isaiah prophesying what Jesus was going to go through. The Messiah to come before the Messiah came. For Isaiah to carry that word, he was sawed in half. <laughs> yeah. So explain to me how the only translation of this would be, we are never to experience the things of this world. Explain that to me then. Why was he sawed in half for the word he carried? I'm scared of the words you carry if what it only gets you is riches. I'm scared of it for you. I'm scared of these Jezebels, these people who are out teaching that it's this, this, and I mean, the woman, I'm going about the name Jezebel, the woman in the White House. Because then after I went off on her in the last Doctrine of Balaam, I then found her bio. And I'm like, oh my gosh, God knows these things before I even know it. It is Hollywood Kardashian leading a church. If people don't get their eyes open to these people leading people this way, that you're going to get this, this, and this. If you do this, you're, you're, I'm a sought after, she's a very sought, sought after teacher. Many people want her to come. She's the Trump spiritual advisor. She's married to someone in journey. Ooh, oh, what on earth? We need to saw you in half. 
We need to see you beheaded. I have such an anger in the spirit of God's frustration of being done with him being displayed this way and taught this way. Because if I come in with truth, you're going to say that I'm about the suffering. Oh my gosh, sir, I'm about the life. I'm about the life of Christ in you that this world does not give you your power. It doesn't give you your power, that your power is such a higher, higher place, and it's not witchcraft. Oh, oh, here we go. This is what we've been waiting for. <laughs> Leading up to me finally getting this out of me. <laughs> a personal one-on-one -on -one yelling at you. Was this all you've waited for your whole life? Ugh. And then you go on to chapter or to verse five. But he was pierced for our bone, crushed for our sin. He was beaten so we so we could be whole, and he was whipped so we could be healed. This one text, this one text is, is taken to just say that, just believe, just say, just say, this is who you're going to be. This is what it is. This is what it is. This is what it is. God, you're working so hard. You're working so hard. I see more suffering in you that you're claiming to not have to have because Jesus did it. There's more suffering in your works to see Jesus that way rather than know him in friendship. There's more work, more work for you. So then verse 10 goes, but it was God's good plan to crush him and cause him grief. Yet when his life is made an offering for sin, he will have many descendants. <laughs> oh, if you're a descendant, what does that mean? What is a descendant? from someone who's going to carry the knowledge of Christ in you. Does that mean you got lots of money? Does that mean you're famous? Does that mean you're in the White House? Your your face is so plastic, does it hurt to smile? Because it hurts me. It hurts me. It looks like it's a little bit hard. Yeah, because you just look so good and so hot because of what you're getting. If you understood how Hollywood has gotten in the church, we have to get our eyes open, people. You may say, you're putting all these people down. Yeah, I am. I'm making fun of them because the life they lived has mocked the word of God. It has mocked the word of God. And I turned into a 12-year-old bully. <laughs> and Jesus lets me. Because this is so, this has to be people. You need to see this for what it is. People got to see this for what it is. It's gotten so dang crazy. Oh my gosh, I'm doing another podcast of yelling. Why can't I stop my yelling at these voices? <laughs> okay, go stop. It's as soon as the theology starts coming out, I start going nuts. Okay. When he sees all that is accomplished by his anguish, he will be satisfied. You're saying that Jesus cried before giving his life on the cross. He cried. He said, not your will, but my will be done. He, shift, he, he, was actually, he clearly had a will that in his own personal will, he may not have wanted to go through that beating that he went through. And after he went through it, that he, by that anguish, he would be satisfied to see what came out on the other end. And if we don't think that Jesus is a display of certain things in your life and you're just obsessed on getting his life on the other end and you're not willing to understand what it takes to know God in that way, then you're missing a vital part of being in relationship with a heavenly father. These theologies are going too far. They're going too far. They're obsessing people that you have the power through your faith to get and move God on your behalf and not through just your love for him. Your confession isn't your love for him. Your heart's your love for him. Your submission, your obedience, your faith, that's your love for him. Okay. I'm going to go after faith more, probably number five. 
true faith. Um, another doctrine is going to be losing your healing. Healing, And I mentioned that in the last podcast of Healing in Him number two. And how we need, so you need to hear that first of how we can lose it within a deliverance. But this is actually would be a theology not based on a demon. They're going to say that you lose it and based on lack of revelation in the word in you. So that God will release a healing because that teacher's in faith. Now you need to be in faith to keep it. That sucks. That's so much work. For me to see God manifest something in my body that lacks relationship that lacks being a child and, and yet I will hear them use if you see God as a heavenly father why would he put sickness on you well if you see God as a heavenly father why do you see that you have to work for him to want you healed I can debate that right back because it's the same idea that it is the person's personal revelation to have that healing rather than the person's obedience and submission. And that's the flaw. It is a person's obedience and submission translating into faith that will sustain what God does for you and in you. Here's what I could see losing it. Let's say God uses someone to pray and you get a healing and then you walk away from God, open yourself up, Start having sex before marriage, getting in a relationship with them not being saved, come under resentment and anger, and that, that right there, and, and this, and people could say, no, that's what that theology. No, it's not. That theology is saying that you even being saved and in relationship, you have to force and force and force yourself to stay in revelation to keep your healing. I'm talking about a full, willful walking away from God, accesses you up to the world's sin coming back in the body. That's the only way I will align with losing a healing that's not a deliverance. That's the only way. Otherwise, we're dealing with we're dealing with something where you have to work your mind and mouth to keep something from God rather than just love him in friendship. What God's doing in my body right now will not be able to ever be lost ever. Because it's perfected and it's new. Um, and that's the healing that's gonna need is gonna be transitioning through this era that we're gonna see come. It's gonna be the fullness of Christ in the healing in a body that is gonna come from a place of only him and not your theology of faith and works mentality. And for those people who have stood and fought and fought, confessing, confessing, confessing this, this, and this, and never, never got it, and think it's you. It's not you, it's your theology. Be friends with God. Submit to him. That's it. It's very, very simple. It's very, very simple. And believe that he does it, and believe he heals. And believe that he also has glory through the things that we walk through. Okay. This is only debunking the healing theology chapter. I almost feel like that's all we need. I'm going to close it with Romans 8, 12, 13, and 15. That's all I need. 30 minutes of nailing it. I'm not going to. I don't need to do because the next chapters are all. All right. Now, Romans 8. 
she looks like cats. <laughs> Starts telling Sammy she can't smile. Okay, it's like I have anger to let out towards that woman. Okay, Romans 8, 12. Therefore, dear brothers and sisters, you have no obligation to do what your sinful nature urges you to do. If you live by it, will by its dictates, you will die. But if through the power of the Spirit you put death in Jesus' sinful nature, you will live. For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. So, you've not received a spirit that makes you fearful slaves. Instead, you receive God's spirits when you are adopted to his own children. Now we call him Abba Father. The Spirit that joins our spirits together affirm that we are children. When we shift this idea of works with faith, to Abba Father, that I'm an heir, I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a child, I'm a friend of yours, I don't need to work for you, fight for you, you I trust that he, 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 he'll show me and walk me through the journey and give me grace in the suffering in order that I will see the life of Jesus Christ on the inside of me, but let me do what I can to live as Jesus here and now, which Jesus was submitted to the Father. Simple as that. If we were wanting to display Jesus, just Jesus did not beg God for stuff. He didn't beg God. He wasn't focused on those things of what he could get from God. He was in him. He was in him. And we are lacking the revelation of being in him. Where everything of his is in you, you don't have to work for it. And to just focus on, oh, I'm in him, I'm in him so I can get this. No, you're in him so you can love him. That's the shift. You're in him so you can love him back simple done let god move now without your witchcraft theology without your power and control without your jezebel without your ideas of manipulating him and let him move because you're in him loving him done we're done that's it <laughs> closing that out that's it that's a closure to it yeah that is simple as that yeah why this theology has gotten this twisted why we're doing this why this denomination at all won't even focus that he heals. So reformed theology and cessationists are going, I thought it was done. That needs to be dealt with too. Cessationists, like I said before, it's going to be a doctrine he doesn't heal. Their false prophets don't listen to them. Okay. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's just, I mean, that's such a heretical teaching. That is so dang heretical. You do not know God. You don't. You do not know him. Simple as that. Done. Not going to deal with you either. Okay. <laughs> Then just, there's no emphasis on gifts of the Spirit and there's no emphasis on healing. None. They're not going to say they don't believe it. They're just not going to step into it because knowledge gives them more power than God's power. Simple. That's really what it is. I'm dead serious. That is really, it's just the, the theology has, has helped them in this area and has healed them in that area. Like, my dad says the reason I didn't walk away from God in the pain and loss I had is his theology. And, you know, God's grace and love is on that. Because, man, if that's what it took that you'd still love him back, God, there's a grace on that because he loves. He loves the fact that they just someone wouldn't walk away from him. You know, and that's not cessationist. A cessationist, you're full of crap. I'm going to keep telling you, you're full of crap. It's, it, it, it's just the... The, the ability, the, the, the willingness to say, hey, I believe God does this. I'm not going to call it heretical. I may not step into that myself because of other life experiences. I challenge you, though, 
Would you pray and ask God if he does it, will he show you? That's it. That's all I want to say to people who have been in that theology your whole life and you just haven't heard an emphasis. It's not something because you've seen it so bad over here that you just would get your heart open that he does do it. I got slammed with that by going to a school where they did healing, healings in the classrooms and I had to see healings right in front of my face. God slammed me with that to break that side of me. Now, what if? Those healings were demon on demon, like I said before. What if they were? I don't know if they were. They, it still ministered to me and changed me. We have to understand, I am not calling this heretical. I'm telling you, we have to see the truth in all of these. We have to see the truth in all of them. Even if something may not be in the fullness of God's power and how it's done, find truth in it. Find truth in it. And if it brings you closer to God, then man, that's the best thing he can get from it. All I want to get people, I want I want to poke you at some of your theologies. I want to poke you at some of the doctrines that you might believe. And I also want to get you to a, a, a soft heart. Just shifting your heart. That's it. A soft heart towards whether you don't believe he does or you think you can create what he does. You just saying over and over again God's going to do something, makes him do it, is a full-blown witchcraft spirit. That's what that is. And why is it witchcraft? A witchcraft spirit manipulates. A witchcraft spirit tries to control. That's the way, that's what's behind witchcraft. Go back and listen to my previous messages. <laughs> Do I need to explain? I probably have to explain it more. It has does it, it probably has to be explained maybe just a tiny bit, not much. People don't need to hear that as much as they just need to know not to align with it. You don't need to fully understand. Go read the knowing him then. Knowing him, I, I talk more on in that book in that book i give ex explanations of false prophet spirits and witchcraft spirits and what's behind them just a little bit and the other ones do it's more that you don't need to understand fully just trust me i know what i'm talking about so much experience with this stuff i'm just telling you there's a spirit behind the idea that your mouth and what you do is all that's needed to be done to get god to do something for you that is not God's character one way, shape, or form. He just wants you to receive what he gave you through the sacrifice of his son and submit your heart to him and love him back for how much he loves you. That's it. It's so simple, man. We have so twisted up the things of God, the ideas of sovereignty versus free will, Arminian versus reformed theology versus tongues and gifts. I mean, God. I feel so bad for God. I seriously do. I just am so happy for him that he finally gets to kill Jezebel. I'm just so happy for him that's coming. And he's going to get his children back that just love him without this stuff in the way. All right, that's it. All right, that's closing it down. I'm done. I'm done nailing that these, these different things. That's going to be chapter three debunking. Next is going to be chapter four. I'm going to do, we're going to do them tomorrow. Chapter four, the power and suffering. What, how do we live when you're living in so much sickness and you're waiting on God? And I, and I mean, I go off on that, but I'm going to, I want to talk more. I know everybody's like, that's all you talk about. Well, it's going to, it's going to give you power if you understand this. Um, and, uh, chapter five, Jesus alone, my healer. Then I want to talk about how, how we need, how we need to remove the ministers, how this needs to go directly from Jesus, these healing things God's going to be doing and, and stuff like that. But okay, I'm done.